God's word. Not Pastor Eben's word. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can do what it says I can do. I can be who it says I can be. And I will have what it says I can have. Today, I will hear the word of God. I boldly declare that my mind is alert. My heart is receptive. My ears are open. And I better not go to sleep. I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, we thank you for this new year that we are being able to experience. We thank you, Father, where the Spirit of God is, there is liberty. We thank you, Father, for the freedom that we have in Christ Jesus. I thank you for the freedom to be able to share the Word of God. And I pray, Father, that as we come to here, no one will leave this place spiritually unfed or unsatisfied. We'll all leave full of faith and expectation, knowing that he who has begun a good work in us, he's faithful to complete it. And so as I back up, I ask you to move forward. And as I decrease, I thank you now for increasing so that everyone in this room can hear the Spirit of God in Jesus' name. And everybody say, Amen, Amen. amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There was an elderly lady who was known for her bold faith and her talking about it. And she used to stand on her front porch every morning and she would shout, Praise the Lord! And next door to her lived a guy who was an older man. He was an atheist. And he would get angry every time she stood on her porch and say that. And every time she would say, Praise the Lord! He would say, There ain't no Lord. Hard times set in, and so the older lady started running out groceries, and so she prayed to the Lord to send some assistance. So she got out on her front porch. She said, praise the Lord. Lord, I need some food. I'm having a hard time. Please help me. Send me some groceries. And the old man on the next, he heard her. And so the next morning, there were some groceries found on her porch. And so she went outside and shouted again. Praise the Lord. He supplied my need. And the atheist said, no, he did not bought those groceries. And she said, praise the Lord. You used the devil to pay for them. <laughs> Thought I'd wake you up with that. Today I'm starting a new series entitled Faith to Move Forward. Say this with me. Say faith, faith. to move forward. And this series is directly tied into our theme for the year of 2013, which is moving forward. And I believe that if you will get this first series down off in your heart, I really truly believe that you're going to see a tangible walk or a tangible presence in your walk with God. I believe also you're going to see an increase in your life, and I also believe your faith is going to increase. Can you say amen to that? And so let me just give you the goal of today's message, and it is to increase your understanding of what faith is 
and also show you how to use it to move forward this year for 2013. Because I find that a lot of people bring baggage from 2012 into 2013. And in order for you and I to move forward, we're going to need our faith to do that. So I want you to find two verses of Scripture. Find Jeremiah chapter 7, verses 23. And then I want you to find Hebrews chapter 11. That was Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23. And then Hebrews chapter 11, verses 1. And while you're doing that, I'm going to quickly define what the word move is. And I just looked up in the dictionary to find out what does the word move mean because uh, we're talking about moving forward for 2013. And the word move means to pass or to go from one place or position to another place or position. It also means to advance. Everybody say advance. It means to advance. It means to progress. And it also means to have regular motion. Everybody say regular motion. In other words, when we're saying moving forward for 2013, what we're saying is you should have some regular motion in a forward direction. Now, the word forward means just that. It means to move to the front. So basically what we're saying is the year 2013, moving forward means to advance from one place or position to another on a regular basis. Amen. Now, if you're in Jeremiah uh, chapter 7, are you there? Say, I'm there. In Jeremiah chapter 7, verse 23, what I want to do is show you a principle. And here's point number one if you're taking notes. And it's this. Moving forward is a decision. Moving forward is a decision. Now, in Jeremiah 7, I'm going to start in verse 23. It says, But this thing command I them, saying, this is the Lord talking, He says, Obey my voice, and I will be your what? God. And you shall be my people. He says, And walk you in all the ways that I have commanded you, that it may be well with you. Now, they did the opposite, and I'm going to read it, but I'm actually going to flip that in just a second. I'm going to go ahead and read it like it's written. He says, But they hearkened not, nor inclined their, their ear, but walk in the counsel and in the Im- uh, imagination of their evil heart, and they went backwards and not forward. Now, I'm going to flip that because he says, if you will obey my voice and if you will do my commandments, verse 24 in the positive should say this. And we hearken to that and our ears heard it and we begin to walk in the counsel and the word of God and we went forward and not backwards. In other words, when we learn how to embrace obedience then what it's designed to do is to push us forward. And so that's why we have to have the right mindset about what obedience is all about. And so moving forward is a decision. See, not making a decision is making a decision. If, In other words, if you choose to not move forward, you have chosen to move backwards. And so what I want to do is encourage us this morning is to make a decision today. You know what? I am going to move forward in 2013. 
I want you to identify areas where you feel stuck. Write them down and begin to move forward or to show some action. And I'll show you that in just a second. Begin to do some things. In other words, produce some motion so that you won't stay in that same situation. Now, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28, just write it down. He says, for which of you intending to build a tower, sit not down first and count the cost. In other words, in order for us to move forward, we really should sit down and see how that's going to benefit us. I mean, think about it. What if, and, and, and years ago, everybody say years ago. Say years ago. Years ago, I used to smoke cigarettes, but I smoked cigarettes for the wrong reason. You know, some people smoke cigarettes because they like smoking cigarettes. Well, I used to smoke cigarettes because it used to boost my high. Y'all understand what I'm saying? How many don't understand what I'm saying? Okay, we have some hands. That, okay, when you are a weed smoker, okay, how many in here used to smoke weed? Let me see your hand. I know more people in here used to smoke weed than that. I didn't say, do you still smoke weed? I said, who used to smoke weed in here? Let me see. Okay, if you have just took one puff like Bill Clinton, let me see your hand. Okay. It's the first of the year. You can be honest. Well, I used to smoke weed, and then when you were on a college weed budget, you couldn't continue to smoke. So what you would do is, when your high started going down, is that you would smoke a cigarette and it will give you a temporary little boost. That's what I'm talking about. Well, some of y'all looking like, well, what does that have to do with what you're saying? <laughs> Easy. It was a temporary thing. And when you're making a decision to move forward, you can't make temporary decisions. They need to be permanent. And see, if, if, if us, if, 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 if smoking, if smoking cigarettes, if we, if it was an instant death, like fall to the ground, bam! Like if you saw somebody puffing and then they fell down dead, you wouldn't be smoking. Well, how many know decisions are like that? They just don't always manifest right then and there. Amen. Now, go to Philippians chapter 3 quickly. Go to Philippians chapter 3. Philippians chapter 3. Moving forward is a decision. And one of the keys to moving forward is that you cannot look back. Philippians chapter 3 verse 13. He says, brethren, I, count, I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are what? Are behind. And reaching forward. I'm reading out of the New King James. He says, and reaching forward... To the things which are ahead. He says, I press toward the goal for the prize of the call of God in Christ Jesus. In other words, he says, in order for me to reach forward, I cannot be looking back. So I want you to write this take-home statement down. If that just means T-H-S, take-home statement, is something that I just want you to remember. You cannot move forward if you're constantly looking backwards. You cannot move forward if you are constantly looking backwards. As a matter of fact, Jesus said that we're not even fit for the kingdom if we're plowing ahead looking backwards. 
And see, looking backwards is just remembering your past. I mean, listen, when you ask God to forgive you, he did. When you bring it back up, that's just us remembering. He says, forget those things which are behind. In other words, in order for me to move forward, I must forget. He said, well, pastor, how can I forget when other people are bringing it up? Remind them of your current spiritual status. When someone brings to your attention something that you've done years ago, months ago, minutes ago, and you ask the Lord to forgive you, and they bring it back up, you always say, you know what? I'm under the blood, I'm forgiven, and my status is free. Now, they're not going to like that, but they'll stop bringing it up. Amen. Because it's the devil's job to condemn. So we must make a decision to stop looking back so that we can move forward. Here's point number two. I want you to write this down real quickly because here's the gut of what I want to talk about right here. Faith is the starting point to moving forward. Faith is the starting point to moving forward. And I want you to go to Hebrews chapter 11. And I hopefully I can give you a different perspective on faith this morning. See, the Bible says the just shall live by faith. In other words, once you got born again, our job is to live by faith. And, 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 and I'm going to show you that living by faith, you can't live in faith and live in the past at the same time. In Hebrews chapter 11, are you there? Say, I'm there. I'm going to look in verse 1. Here's the point again. Here's point number 2. Faith is the starting point to moving forward. Now, in verse 1 of of Hebrews, we all know the, the famous verse. It says, now faith, what? No, don't skip that two letter word right there. Now faith. Faith is. Notice it doesn't say faith was. Notice it doesn't say faith is going to be. Faith. Come on, class. Faith. Now, here's my question. Is faith or is, is the word is, past, present, or future? What is it? It's present. So if I am in faith, I should be present. See, that's why when you say God is going to heal me, well, that's so futuristic. Uh, When you wake up tomorrow, that's the next day too. That's why the scripture says, by his stripes, we, no, it actually says were and are, that's present, but were or are because it's already been done. Now faith is the substance now the word is of course it's present tense so watch this living in the past is an indicator that i am presently not in faith if you're constantly reviewing your past then you know what that's an indicator that you're not presently in faith you say well pastor i don't know about that go to mark chapter 11 Go to Mark chapter 11. Keep your hand over there in Hebrews. We're going to come back. Go to Mark chapter 11. I just want to show you that faith is present tense. Mark chapter 11. Look now in verse 22. Jesus said, have faith in God. 
For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and be thou cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he say shall come to pass. Now notice those things are present. Then he says, You will then see or have what you say. Verse 24. Therefore I say unto you, What things soever you desire, when? When you pray, not after you pray. When you pray, notice why, notice the present tense. Believe that you what? Receive and then what happens? So the shall have is after I do the believing. But see, many of us, in order for us to move forward, we say, well, Lord, I I just want to see, I'm going to wait and see what you're going to do. When the Bible clearly says that if we draw closer to God, then he draws close to us. So the first step in moving forward is us. The first step in moving forward is us. In other words, we have the first move that we have to make. And the interesting thing about faith is that the Bible says in Romans that God has given to every man the measure of faith. It didn't say a measure of faith. It said the measure of faith. Meaning that when we got born again, we all got the same amount of faith. Are you all with Go to Romans chapter 11 because some of y'all looking like, I didn't know it said that. Go to Romans. And I want to say chapter 10. Or is it, let me see here. Romans chapter 12. Look in verse 3. Romans 12, 3. He says, for verily I say through the grace given unto me. To every man that is among you. Now notice in verse 1, he says, I beseech you therefore, brethren. So he's talking about Christians here. He says, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt or issued or giving out to every man. Read it with me. Everybody say, the measure of faith. When you got saved, God put the measure in everybody. But here is why many of us, our measure that he gave us, the measure that he gave us, is still the same. Because we're not utilizing it. See, the reason why I don't look like Mr. Universe up here. is because I don't work out. Now, you show me somebody who does push-ups on a regular basis, and I'll show you somebody whose muscles are growing. You show me somebody who does not, and the only thing they lift is a fork. I'll show you somebody whose muscles are not growing. And if you do not use your faith, it does not grow. Now, write down Romans chapter... Well, we're in Romans. Go over to chapter 10. Go to Romans 10. Go to Romans 10. And then I want you to read verse 17. Romans 10, 17. It says, So then, faith comes... How? By hearing. And hearing what? By the Word of God. So listen. When we hear the Word... Faith comes, but let me give you a shocking surprise. And this is what most people don't know. 
Faith comes when you hear it, but it's activated when you do it. And many people have dead faith. That's why Jesus said, you know, he said, uh, where is your faith? Well, a lot of people's faith is dead because they hear the word or they know the word, but there is no action. And remember, he says, faith without works is what? So in order for me to move forward for 2013, there are some works that I have to put in place. Because God can speak, but unless we move, nothing's going to happen. Amen. Now, let me give you some facts about faith very quickly. Here's some facts about faith. Faith comes from hearing. In fact, go to Matthew chapter 8 very quickly. Let me show you something. See, there are different levels of faith a person can have. You can have no faith. You can have little faith. You can have great faith. And so that, that level is determined by us. In Matthew chapter, what I tell you to go? Matthew what? Matthew chapter 8. And then I want us to look in verse 10. Now, this is a story of the centurion. We all probably know the story, but I want to point out something to you that you may not have recognized and what made this man's faith great. In chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse uh, 5. And when Jesus entered into Capernaum, there came a centurion beseeching him. He says, Lord, my servant lie at home sick of the palsy. He's grievously tormented. And Jesus said unto him, I will come and heal him. And then the centurion answered and said, Lord, I am not worthy that you should come under my roof. But speak the what? He says, speak the word only and my servant shall be healed. He says, for I'm a man under authority, having soldiers under me. And I say unto one man, go. And he goes. And to another comes. And he comes. And to my, and to one, my servant, do this. And he does it. Verse 10. When Jesus heard it, he marveled. And he said to those who follow, verily I say unto you, I have not found so what? Come on, class. He said, I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. So here's my question. What made that man's faith great? Because if I can find out what made his faith great, if I do what he did, I can have great faith too. So here's the question. What made this man's faith great? Well, it's right there in the verse. If you'll look now in verse number 9 or verse 8, he says, speak the word only. Great faith is a person who don't need outside influences to believe what God said. See, great faith says, you know, I know some of us, we, we want, they, they, we call, they call it fleeces. Lord, if it rain today, that let me know that I need to apply for another job. Well, maybe it's just a rainy day tomorrow. Great faith needs no external evidence to believe what God has said. Great faith says, regardless of what I'm feeling, regardless of what I'm seeing, because remember, we walk by faith and not by... So you should not need your five senses in order to believe what God has said. And great faith says, God, I believe it whether I can see it or not. And in 2013, as you begin to move forward, sometimes God only shows you a step at a time. 
See, many of us, I know we, we think God is like a navigation system. Uh, you're coming up on a right here in a quarter of a mile. You're going to exit 13B. God may not do that. He might let you get right up to 13B and says, make a right. But some of us, we're so long-term planners. We want to know what God's going God, what's on the agenda tomorrow? Well, why don't you just cook dinner tonight and say your grace? You know, Jesus put it like that. He said, give me this day my daily bread. See, when you can trust, see, great faith trusts God whether you can see what's going to happen tomorrow or not. Because the same God you're serving today is the same God you're serving tomorrow. David put it like this. He said, you know what? The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. So it doesn't matter what the economy says tomorrow. I know I'm not going to be in need. Great faith is a person who can believe what this word says and not have to feel a thing. We're so feeling oriented. We even sing songs about it. You know, even the James Brown song. I feel good. Well, what if I don't feel good? You know, we sing it in the church. Every time I feel the spirit moving in my heart. Well, what if you don't feel him? Are you going to pray? In other words, a prerequisite to believing God is not how you feel. And many people miss hearing from God because they don't have a sign. Well, the sign is the word. Okay, let me put it like this. Faith comes by what? And hearing what? Watch this. In the beginning was the word and the word was with God. So what was in the beginning? The word. So guess what? If I'm going to start something, I should start it with the word. But watch this now. What ingredient is in the word? Faith. Because it says faith comes by hearing what? So I can't get the word without getting faith. Now go back to Hebrews 11 and I'll close with this. Let me go back to Hebrews because I'm trying to give you a condensed version because I knew I had my membership class. Next time I'm not going to do it on the first Sunday of the year because I really want to lay out my little series for everybody. But Hebrews chapter 11 quickly. Let me show you this. It says in verse 1, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The word substance means beginning. It means foundation. In other words, he was saying, faith is the beginning of what I should hope for. So before I start out with a budget, before I start out with how many days off I have, before I start out with how much money I do or don't have to plan this vacation, you don't need money to plan a vacation. You need faith. Because faith is the beginning, it's the substance, it's the initiative to things that you hope for. And it's the evidence of what you don't see. So guess what? When you have faith, you can see the vacation even if you don't have the money. See, faith sees the Red Sea split before God even opens it. Faith sees the promotion even though everybody else is being laid off. 
See, faith sees the parking spot before you even show up. We want to see it first. That's not how it works. You believe first, you see it second. And so that's why you have to to be able to move forward. Man, you got to stand in great faith. Do you know it took faith to start World of Truth Family Church? We started out with three members. Me, my wife, and Heaven. Heaven was a half a member because she didn't have no job, so she couldn't tie. Three. Then we went from three to 22, and that, that was the core. And I guarantee you, if you were to survey, because we still have some of the 22 that are here, if you were to go and interview any of them, they would probably say, I never thought the church would be this big that fast. And if you would asked me, I would have said, I didn't believe it either. Now, was I believing that God was going to use us to reach people? Oh, absolutely. But see, guess what? Your obedience sometimes can take you further than what your faith can believe. Until I learned how to use my faith on purpose, all I did was just obey God. You say, well, Pastor, I don't know. Because, see, faith really is, you know what faith really boils down to? It is your ability to trust God. That's what it is. It's your ability to trust God. And when you can do that without any uh, signs and fleeces and I'm telling you, I'll never forget when when I got ready to get married. I I was a missionary, and I was in Jamaica, and they don't. How many know they don't print American money in Jamaica? So I'm in school. I'm spending my money because I'm in school there, and I'm paying for my own education there. And it get down to the point where school is ending, and I know I was supposed to get married to my wife, but. You know, my plan was, I'm going to come back to America, I'm going to get a job, I'm going to work, because I know this lady is going to cost me a lot of money. And I need, then I'm going to go back and get her, get married, and then have a place to stay. No, that, how many know that, ain't, that, that our ways are not his ways? And if you, because I'm talking to somebody right here, you sitting up there waiting for God to line up every single thing. When the Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered. He didn't say a step. He said steps. So I'm going to tell you like Martin, get to stepping. You're waiting on God to give you this new job. You have me, mom, that your resume got dust on it. You still got your resume over there on the typewriter. Girl, we done went up to word processing. You want this new job, but, but you're not moving forward to get it. So here's my question. What areas in your life do you need to move forward in? So I just want you to take a minute, and I want you to write it down. I literally want you to write it down. Write now. What areas of my life do I want to move forward in? After you, don't write down 10, just write down the top three. I want to move forward in my marriage. I want to move forward in my career. I want to move forward in my relationship with my kids. Whatever it is, write it down. And after today, you need to find out action steps that you can do that will help push you toward that goal. And here's the thing, what you don't know is that once you start, God will help you finish. 
Because the Bible says he's faithful. The, the one who called you, he's faithful to complete it. So, but guess what? We have to be faithful and start. And I believe there are some things that God wants some of us in this room to achieve that is so far above where you are. You can't see it. But you know what? You don't have to see it to believe it. But if you'll believe it, you'll see it. And here we are today, seven years later, Word of Truth Family Church, getting ready to break ground and new construction on our building. Watch this. When we started with three people that went to 22 people that now has thousands of people, right? But I could have just sit back and said, well, Lord, what am I going to do? No. I just took the steps that he showed me. And there are some people in this room with every head bowed and every eye closed. God wants to challenge you to take some steps forward for this year. You've been complaining about that job.